Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, one of the biggest concerns for people in retirement is running out of money. In fact, this always uh, surprises me. Survey after survey that's been done, AARP has done a few of them, and I've seen a few other research groups do some of these surveys. When they ask people, when they survey people in retirement and they ask them what your biggest fear is, by far the number one fear is running out of money. I mean, it's, it's a bigger fear than dying. I think the number two fear out there, um, I, I think it was ending up in an emergency room or something, but number one fear by far was running out of money. And what surprises me is on these surveys, nobody really digs down a little further and says, why is that? And I think, you know, I think we all kind of realize that when you run out of money, you have fewer choices. You, you aren't as free to do what you want to do, whether that's go visit the kids or whether that's make a purchase or maybe live in a certain community. And so I think that is, you know, that I watched my grandmother go through this um, at the end of her life. You know, she talked a lot about running out of money. That's what she was worried about. And if you end up in an extended health care situation or what we call long-term care, you greatly increase your chance of running out of money. And the problem is when you're in a long-term care situation and you run out of money, you often lose the ability to control your care options, to control your future. And, you know, I want to talk this week about, you know, what happens um, when you run out of money and even if you have long-term care insurance. And I got a great question this week from a listener that I want to share with you. It's uh, from a listener named Melissa who sent us an email about her mother who is in a long-term care situation. And I'm not going to read you the entire email. It was pretty lengthy, and I did have a chance to talk to Melissa, but I want to share with you some of the key points here and what the biggest concern for Melissa was. So let me give you a quick background on Melissa's situation. Melissa's mother is currently living in an assisted living facility. She has long-term care insurance that has been that is going to run out um, this year in July. So as of this recording of the podcast, that's about five months. She has about five months of benefit left, and then she will exhaust her policy. Now, remember, when I talk about long-term care insurance, I always tell you, picture a bucket of money. So you're taking money out of this bucket every month, and unless you have a lifetime benefit, you have a finite amount of money in there. So that's really where we're at with Melissa's mother. She has a policy. She's been taking money out of it. She's been paying for her care. But they can just do the math now, and they can see that the benefits are going to be exhausted in July of this year. So she's got about five months, give or take, of benefits left. So Melissa contacted us, and she's worried about the future for her mom. What What is her mom going to do? And what she wanted to know is that, hey, you know, when my mother's long-term care insurance runs out, is there a way to extend the coverage? Because her mom is actually doing okay. Her mom's not, you know, most likely not going to die in the next five months. And that was what her concern is. Now, you know, this is really a great question. And I did have a chance to, to go over Melissa with her, her mom's policy and, and talk about this. But first off, here's what I want you to understand. There is no way to extend the coverage on that existing long-term care plan once you are on claim. Now, a lot of the traditional plans out there gave you the ability to buy additional coverage to increase that coverage without going through underwriting. And they also gave you ways to maybe increase the inflation rider. We still have some options out there where you can go from, say, 3% inflation to 4%, which just means your policy is going to compound. It's going to grow by 4% or 5% or whatever that number is that you choose. So there are options today that allow you to buy additional coverage without going through medical underwriting. The problem is you have to exercise those options before you go on claim. So they're going to give you a certain time window to do that. Life insurance will do this too. Sometimes you get a life insurance policy and then they'll say, hey, you can buy some additional coverage at these future dates without going through underwriting. Um, so Melissa's mother had a policy 
Um, even if she did have a policy, her policy did not allow this, but even if she did have a policy that allowed her to increase coverage, she would not be able to exercise that because she was on claim. She was already taking money out of that policy or receiving benefits for the policy. So that means for Melissa and her mother, there's just no way to get additional coverage. When the policy runs out, the monthly income from that insurance company will stop. After that, Melissa's mom will have to pay for the care that she needs moving forward out of her income and out of her savings. That insurance will just dry up, so you will exhaust your policy. Now, remember, long-term care insurance is that tax-free source of income to pay for care. When you set up a plan and you design that plan, you are deciding on how much coverage you want, and there are two key factors that you are in control of when you design your plan. Number one is how much coverage you want per month. So this is expressed as usually as a uh, maximum monthly benefit. So you say, I want $5,000 a month or I want $6,000 a month. That's how much money you can take out of the bucket. So you're designing that up front. You're also going to design how how long you want that policy to last. So that's total benefit. That's expressed as total benefit. You'll see a lot of people say three years or four years. Well, really what they're doing is they're saying, if you have $5,000 a month, so that's $60,000 a year, and you want three years of coverage, you would have $180,000 of total benefit. So a lot of people will say, well, I have three years of coverage. Well, actually what they have is they have $180,000 of coverage. If they're not taking out the $5,000 a month, they're only taking out you know, $2,500, well, that three-year policy would last you six years. But those are the two things that you are actually designing when you design a policy. You're designing how much you want to be able to take out a month and how long you want that policy to last. So I had a chance to review the policy for Melissa that her mother had purchased. And it was a good plan. It was a comprehensive plan, which meant it paid for care in home, it paid for care in the facilities. And it had an inflation rider on it. So the value of her benefits had been growing since she took that out, which was good. And that was, that was a very nice move for her. And when we looked at it, you know, she was on the, you know, she had started using this policy, even though it was designed to last a a minimum of three years, she's going to get closer to four years of coverage out of that because she wasn't pulling the full amount out of it. But we could see now she was pulling the maximum benefit out and we knew that the policy was going to exhaust her pretty soon. Now, Melissa's mother had taken the policy out that would last her a minimum of three years when she designed that plan, meaning that if she took out the maximum amount every month, the policy would last her three years. And she was actually going to exceed these three years now because she she didn't start out again. She didn't start out taking that full amount, but that was the minimum amount of time that she had was three years of coverage. Now, Melissa wasn't sure why her mother picked this amount. She said, I'm not sure why she picked three years. I mean, obviously, they're in a long-term care situation. They wish they had more coverage. But I understand exactly why Melissa's mother picked three years of coverage. And I talked about this on a podcast several weeks ago about one of the biggest common um, threats I see out there is people are using averages to design plans. So again, when Melissa's mother picked three years of coverage, that was probably pretty close to or a little bit more than the average of a nursing home stay. So people would say, well, it's, you know, 1.8 years for men and 2.6 years for women. And so three years is, you know, that's, that should be a good plan. That's a little bit more than the average stay. Now, the problem they have with that is because they are using those averages, they were going off of nursing home stays. That is not long-term care journeys. Remember, most people that end up in a nursing home have been in a long-term care journey for quite a while, and they end up getting put in a nursing home as a last resort. So that is probably how she ended up getting that. She, you know, somebody, the advisor, whoever it was, just pulled up some averages and said, yeah, you know, two years, three years. So three years is probably enough. And so she felt comfortable doing that. Now, the problem is, you know, none of us are average. You just have to remember that. Averages are quoted. They, it's an easy way for us to put those, those you know, a, a usable number on a big, wide group of data points, but none of us are average. And that's really what we're realizing right now with Melissa's mother. She's going to live right past this three years and she's going to need claim. Now, Melissa's mother is going to have to pay for care moving forward. There's no doubt about that. But there is some, a silver lining to her policy. Because Melissa's mother had what we call an inflation rider, that means it was a state partnership qualified plan. Her plan actually got grandfathered in, got moved into the state partnership plan. What is that? 
Well, this is key, folks. The state partnership plan allows you to protect resources from the Medicaid spend down rules. And what I want to do is I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to spend some time explaining what the state partnership program is, how it works, and what you need to know about it when you're looking at long-term care insurance policies. So stick around. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Hey, it's Mandy Connell, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their upcoming free long-term care planning live webinar this morning at 9. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, just like they're doing for my husband and me right now. I love how much time they've spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Sign up now for the free live webinar this morning at 9. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Okay, you just heard a couple of ads. If you are listening on uh, Freedom or KOA um, out in the Denver market uh, early in the mornings on Saturday, we do have a class coming up this morning. It's going to kick off at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. That's 8 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're up early listening to one of these shows on one of those stations, you still have time to sign up for the class this morning. Our next class will be Thursday the 17th at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 3 p.m. Pacific time. That is on our website, 525longtermcare.com. Again, the class is just a great way to sign up. Um, you, you just sign up. We're going to send you a link, and it's just a great way to get you know all the information, wrap your mind around what long-term care is, what it pays for, how it works, what the different options are. And then I stay on there. It's a live class, and I answer your questions. And that's really probably the most powerful part of these classes. So, again, uh, go to our website at 525longtermcare.com, and you can get the information. The classes are free, and we'll even send you a book, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning, that we put together for people who attend that class, which really kind of has some more examples and a glossary and stuff in that. So today we're, you know, we're, we're answering a question. We got a, a nice email from Melissa talking about her mom who's in long-term care, and she's going to run out of her long-term care insurance. And she wanted to know what's going to happen. And quite frankly, it's just that she's going to have to self-fund. That's, that's what it boils down to. She's going to have to start paying for the care that she needs. Now, because her plan, her long-term care plan, it's a traditional plan, which means you just pay as you go. There's no death benefit. There's no return of premium if she doesn't use it. It's what we call a traditional long-term care insurance plan. Had inflation rider on it. It met what we call the state partnership program. What the state partnership program is, is it's, it was, you know, it basically we have this program in 47 states today who participate in the par- partnership program. And I think it's important for you to understand what it is and how it works. And in a nutshell, 
The long-term care state partnership program was designed to reward people who take out private long-term care insurance by letting them protect assets from Medicaid spin-down rules if they exhaust their policy. And this is how it works. If you take out the private long-term care insurance, and like Melissa's mom did, and you run out of coverage, so otherwise you exhaust your policy, you use up the insurance inside that policy, you may now apply for Medicaid and protect assets equal to what the insurance company paid out for in long-term care benefits. Now, this is where it gets kind of tricky. And I'm going to just do this as a single person. The rules are a little bit more complicated if it's a married couple. But for single people in most states, like Melissa's mother, she would have to spend all of her savings, her retirement accounts, everything down to $2,000. So $2,000 of liquid assets. And that includes, like I said, savings, retirement accounts, um, cash value, life insurance, CDs, anything, you know, stocks, you have to spend that liquid asset down paying for care down to $2,000. If you have a home, you don't have to sell it. But what will happen is Medicaid will place a lien on the property to collect money after you pass away. So let's say that you have a house that's worth $300,000. They will put a lien on that. And then when you pass away, they will go into your family, will can still inherit the home, but then the family's either got to pay off Medicaid, pay off the lien on the house by either selling the house or by refinancing it or coming up with the money somewhere else. So as a general rule, you spend your money down to about $2,000. There's a lien on your property, and that's when you're going to qualify for Medicaid. Under the partnership rules, you may protect assets from the spin-down requirements and still qualify for Medicaid. So let's look at Melissa's mother, for example she would be able to look at her insurance and let's just say that the long-term care insurance out of the entire insurance that she used was $200,000. Medicaid would say, okay, you get $2,000 of liquid assets under our rules, plus you can save another $200,000 of assets. Now you can qualify for Medicaid. So she can actually receive Medicaid benefits and have $202,000 of liquid assets. It can be equity in the property. It doesn't matter. So it's just an idea of how to protect that money from the Medicaid spin-down rules. Now, remember, when you apply for Medicaid, you have to turn over your income as well. This is often a point that people forget. They overlook this. So if you have pension and you have Social Security, you have to turn that income over. VA works the same way. When you move into the VA, like the Home Lake Veterans Center that I talk about down in Monta Vista, Colorado, when you move in there... It's means tested. So they are going to take your income. They're going to say you can move into, you can be in the cottage or you can be in the assisted living facility, but you have to turn your income over to them. Medicaid does the same thing. They're going to take that income first. So this is very important. Having the ability to protect some assets means that you're not broke when you're on Medicaid because otherwise you really are broke. You have to spend your assets down and you have to turn your income over. So No assets, no income basically is the rule when you're on Medicaid. And that's the problem. That's why people fear Medicaid so much is because you lose complete control. And also, remember, you're a ward of the state at that point. So Medicaid is dictating where you're going to be receiving your care. So Melissa's mom is in a position now where she can apply for Medicaid without spending down all of her assets. So she'll get to keep the 2000 that everybody gets to keep, plus she'll get to keep a dollar for every dollar that her long-term care insurance company paid out. That is her money. And the other nice thing about it, there is no limit on the amount that you can protect. There is no recapture of the assets when you pass away. So let's say that she protected equity in her house if she had a house and she protected equity. Well, when she passed away, Medicaid would forgive that first $200,000 if that was the, the amount of insurance that she had. So it's a very powerful program. And so again, the whole idea is to reward people for getting long-term care insurance and making a private insurance the first payer. And then if they run out of their insurance, then they can apply for Medicaid. And a lot of this is going to have to do with where Melissa's at. This is what's kind of very interesting. If she's in an assisted living facility, she may not have to move out if that assisted living facility is willing to accept Medicaid reimbursements. And so what a lot of those facilities will do is say, well, if you, if you self-fund for two years or three years, meaning you pay for our services for the first two or three years and you run out of money, we won't make, make you move. We will, we will accept Medicaid. 
Now, if they do accept Medicaid, the great thing is that Melissa's mom is going to be able to protect some of her liquid assets. And by the way, Melissa's mom did not have a house at this point. They had sold the house years ago, but she did have a little bit of money left in her savings account. So she's going to be able to protect that and receive Medicaid. So it's up to that facility whether they'll accept the Medicaid or not. If not, she may have to move to another facility that would accept Medicaid. But remember, she's also got a little bit of extra cash. So now she can be in the situation where if the facility says, well, Medicaid only reimburses us X amount, you can stay here, but you got to make up, you know, a thousand dollars a month difference. She would have the cash to do that now because she's been able to protect that cash. She hasn't had to spend that down. So that's, what's going to be very powerful about this state partnership program for her. And I will tell you that, you know, my grandmother had a long-term care policy. She ran out of it, but this was before the state partnership plan was actually up and rolling in Colorado. So she ended up paying for her care after she ran out of her long-term care insurance, um, using her money to spend that down, where if she would have had a partnership program, she would have been able to apply for Medicaid and get some of the Medicaid reimbursements and protect some of her savings. Um, I want to give you a quick history here into what the state partnership program is. It started in 1992 with four states, New York, Connecticut, California, and Indiana. Now, Connecticut was really kind of the leader in this, and Connecticut did what they called dollar for dollar. New York and Indiana did total asset protection. So if you got a certain amount of long-term care insurance, then you could protect all of your assets. And then they adjusted that to inflation. So I think Indiana today, you've got to have about Three hundred and forty or three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of long-term care insurance, and then you can protect your entire estate. So that means if you run out of that three hundred forty thousand of long-term care insurance, you can protect all two million dollars if you have a two million dollar estate. So it started in nineteen ninety two, um, and the idea was to get you know help the states protect themselves from the high costs of long-term care insurance. And then in 1993, uh, Henry Waxman from California, Democrat, had a hissy fit and started arguing that the government should not be involved in promoting private insurance because what they were doing is they were using, letting Medicaid give grants to states to promote the state partnership program to get people to buy private long-term care insurance. So in 1993, the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act prevented the expansion of these programs into other states. And I'm telling you, folks, it was absolutely stupid. It was one of the stupidest things because this was put together. The state partnership was put together by a consulting by the Robert Wood uh, Johnson Foundation. They're the ones that came out and said, look, we've studied this in detail. This is probably going to be the route that you're going to want to go. Move private insurance on there. And if they exhaust the private insurance, then the states can come in and be the payer in the federal government. So that's what they did. But anyway, you know, so so. We had a long period where we did not have state partnership programs. Then in 2005, George Bush signed the Deficit Reduction Act, which allowed states to create the partnership program again. Currently, we have 47 states. The states that do not have the partnership program right now are Hawaii, Alaska, and Mississippi. The rest of the states do have some version of that. And I'll tell you, it's a very powerful program because you it doesn't cost you extra per se what you have to do in most states is you've got to have some kind of inflation rider and it depends on your age whether it has to be compound inflation or simple inflation but that's really the main argument there again we have the original four states like indiana they've they're set up a little bit different california blew theirs up because they required five percent compound inflation on theirs and they're trying to fix that now because people just couldn't afford those types of policies but as a general rule for you, when you buy a traditional plan, what you're saying is if you know it's only $200,000 of insurance, well, what you know is that will protect $200,000 of assets from the Medicaid spin-down rules. It will give you access to that money when you're on Medicaid because otherwise you're really not going to have access to any money because, again, you turn over your income and you would have to spend your assets down. So that's what makes this plan so powerful. And I'll talk a little bit more about the state partnership program um, in the last segment. But uh, right now, what I want to do is I want to get ready, uh, take our next break. And when I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Linda and Adam. This is our client of the week who set up a traditional state partnership program. I'm going to kind of explain how we got to that point, why we decided to go with the state partnership program and show you how that works. So uh, stick around. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. 
Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And thanks again for tuning in today uh, to Long-Term Care Radio. And by the way, if you miss this, you hear part of it in the uh, car, I know we are on some new stations. And um, if you're just the first time you stumbled across this, we do have our podcast available we're going to be out every week with a new uh, program. We're on Saturdays generally in most markets. We do have Sundays a few days. And then we have our podcast that you can always get at 525longtermcare.com. And you're going to hear us talking a lot about the webinars. We do a couple of webinars every single month. And the idea behind the webinars is, folks, I'm just I'm begging you, don't call us and ask us to send you a quote for long-term care insurance because that's not how it works. What we do is we're going to educate you first off, like what long-term care is, what it pays for, what your options are, what's the difference between a traditional and an asset-based plan. And then when you're ready, you reach out to us. We're going to start with a pre-screen, kind of find out a little bit about your health and about some of the options that we have to submit to. And then we'll design a custom plan for you. We'll, and we're going to do that based on your income, your assets, where you're at in life and try to get a plan that works for you because the plan that's right for you is going to be different than the plan that we designed for somebody else. And so the whole idea, start with education. We're not going to try to sell you anything. We want you to be educated so that when we sit down and talk with you, that we could design a plan that's meaningful for your situation. And you guys will have a good idea of you know what the options are and the basics, what it pays for and all that stuff. So Look for our webinars at 525longtermcare.com. I have another one next Thursday, which is the 17th. That's going to be at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time. So, uh, I'm boy, I'm telling you, I'm fighting a little bit of, uh, of um, I don't know what it is, throat, nose, something, you know, allergies or something, but uh, no fever, no COVID panic yet. So I'm just going to try to work through this today. But I've got a client of the week here. This is where I come in every week and I explain to you how we designed a plan for somebody and, you know, kind of what the background is and, and how we ended up settling on that um, type of program for him. And this week I have Linda, who is 62, Adam, who is 61. They came to us looking for options to set up a long-term care plan. Both are planning on retiring in the next few years and want to age in place for as long as they can. So they've got their home. They want to age in place, stay close to their family. Their biggest concern is pretty much the same as most of my clients. They, they don't want to be a burden on their family. They don't want to burden their kids in a long-term care situation. Um, they want to be able to pay for care if one of them end up in a long-term care situation. What I mean by this is oftentimes, you know, somebody will, uh, due to a medical condition or an accident or an event, will end up in a long-term care situation and maybe have to go to a facility. Like I have a client out here whose wife slipped and fell and hit her head, and she's living in an assisted living facility. Well, he's in his 60s. He's not ready for that yet. And so what happens in those situations is now you're paying for two households. And so they're worried about that. They're saying, we want to make sure that we have the revenue and the sources to be able to pay for a long-term care journey if one of us end up in a long-term care without leaving the other one broke. Um, and that's really the, you know, at the end of the day, that's uh, for couples, that's one more thing you have to think about. If the first person goes on claim and you don't have coverage and you burn through all your assets, you leave the other person broke. And then if they end up needing help, guess what? They're going to go straight to Medicaid and they're just not going to have choices. So that was really what their biggest concerns were. Um, during the conversation, what we found out about them is both Linda and Adam were in excellent shape. So we had a lot of options, which means, again, we're looking at it from an underwriting point of view. Some carriers will turn some people down when other carriers will accept them. And so it's all kind of based on your health and your age. And so both of them were in excellent shape. So we had lots of options there. Um, when they retire, both Linda and Adam would be receiving pension and Social Security. They had their home paid for. They had a small retirement account, but again, most of their retirement was going to be based on the pension that they had. And Linda had longevity in her family with several relatives living well into their late 90s. So that was something that uh, she was very aware of. She says, gosh, you know, I, I could be around for a while, so I just want to make sure that I have, have some protection. Now, 
the pensions that they were going to have when they retired were lifetime. And they were set up for the survivor to receive a reduced amount. So when you're taking a pension, a lot of times you can say, well, I'm going to take X amount, but if I die, my, my spouse doesn't get anything if I die first. Or you can set them up to where you say, well, okay, I'm going to take a little bit less, but if I die, then my wife will get 70% of that. So they're going to set both of their pensions up that way so that they will be reduced pensions to the other person if one of them dies. Their Social Security benefits are basically equal. So there's not going to be really a benefit one way or the other. And a lot of times what I mean by that is if if the wife has got a higher Social Security than the husband and the wife passes away, the husband is then entitled to the wife's higher Social Security if it's higher than hers. Well, since these are both equal, it doesn't matter. The first person to pass away, there's not going to be any advantage to increase Social Security because they're going to be about equal. So they were very unique situation. Their income was basically going to be set guaranteed for life, and it was going to be coming in equal, in equal amounts for each of them between their pension and Social Security. And, you know, one of the things we always look at this, we talk about this when we're planning, is like, tell me about your budget. Where are you able to live? And they were able to live off their income. They, Their pensions and their Social Security, they were going to be able to live off of that. They had done the budgeting. They had the math worked out. And their retirement account, it wasn't a very big retirement account, but it was there for you know, emergencies. And obviously, at some point, right now it's age 72, it's going to Rumor has it it's going to be ticked up to age 75, but they will have to start taking required minimum distributions out of that retirement account. But in the meantime, right now, they can just let it sit there and grow. They can use that for you know larger purchases like autos or home repair or something like that that they need. Um, so when we take a 10,000-foot view of their situation, they have predictable income that's guaranteed coming in, pension and Social Security. So that's going to be their main retirement. They've got income. They're not relying on their assets. And what I mean by that is most of us, when we retire, we're not we're going to get Social Security, but the income is going to have to come from the money that we saved from our retirement accounts. Well, Linda and Adam are a little bit different because they have the pension. So they're going to have pre- predictable guaranteed income in the sense of the pension, but they do have small savings and retirements. This is the key factor when we're deciding options for long-term care insurance, as we have to look at what's at risk for them. What's at risk for them is their income, not their assets as much. It's as much as their income because what's going to happen if one of them dies, their other one's going to get some of their pension, but the survivors are going to get some of the pension from the from the, 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 the deceased person. But as a general rule right now, if they're both alive, they are still going to, their income's going to be split. And remember, when we go back to the Medicaid rules, They take your income. So if in a married couple situation, if one of them ends up having to go on to Medicaid, well, guess what? That person that needs Medicaid, their income is gone. The person that is what they call the community spouse, the healthy spouse, gets to keep their income. And if it's less than $3,000, give or take, I'm using round numbers here, but as a general rule, if it's less than $3,000 in a lot of states, they'll say, well, you can keep some of your spouses. But for Linda and Adam... They're both going to have over $3,000 of pension and Social Security, and so they're not going to get to keep either one of, you know, the community spouses is not going to get to keep any of the other person's income if they end up in, on Medicaid. So this is what's really at risk here. They, you know, one of them ends up on Medicaid, it would cut their income in half, basically. And they have to spend assets down too, right? They'd have to spend down liquid assets to a certain number. And again, those community numbers are different than individuals, but just keep that in mind. So let's look what would happen to them if they ended up in a long-term care situation. First, any expenses that exceed their income would have to be paid out of savings, which compromises their retirement account. They don't have a very big retirement account, but they would have to dig into that and pull money out of that. Withdrawals from the retirement account mean that additional income that they pull out of that retirement account is taxable, which could also push up the cost of their Medicare. Remember, Medicare is based on your income, and there's five different levels. And so what a lot of people are surprised at is they might be at level one on Medicare at age 65, and then all of a sudden they get into their 70s and they start taking retired required minimum distributions and they turn on their Social Security, and all of a sudden the cost of their Medicare doubles, and they're always surprised at that. So remember, Medicare is based on how much income you make. If one of them need to go to a facility, they are essentially going to be paying for the cost of two homes, which is what many families go through. And this is when long-term care situations can become devastating to families because financially it's hard to afford both of those homes. You can run out of your savings very first or very fast. 
And a lot of times this means you end up having to sell your home and or, you know, do a reverse mortgage or try to get some additional cash out of your property to maintain your lifestyle. If they burn through their savings and they need to apply for Medicaid, the community spouse would be able to get keep the house and some of the liquid assets, but that sum is going to be it's between usually between sixty and one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, depending on where you're at, the states that you're in, and depending where you're receiving care. Meaning, are you receiving care at home, or are you in a facility? So, the problem is the pension and the social security of the person in need of care would have to go to pay for care first. The spouse would then not be entitled to any of that money. And so that what we're looking at here is you're looking again, cutting the income in half. So we have to be able to protect their income in a long-term care situation. So um, creating a plan for Adam and Linda was more, you know, this was kind of an interesting situation. They were not in a position to just go out and do a big asset-based plan. So what we were simply looking at is protecting assets. No, we were looking at protecting assets. We needed to protect their income as well. And so again, the asset-based plans are really ideal if you can take a chunk of money, you know, like either over five years or 10 years or even in a lump sum and reposition it. Those asset-based plans work out really well. Well, again, their financial strength was in their retirement accounts, their, pen, not, I'm sorry, their retirement income, their pension and their social security. That's what they were going to be living off of. The savings that they had in the retirement account was just a small portion of their overall, you know, income that they would be using in retirement. So the ideal situation for Linda, Linda and Adam would be to fund a plan over time out of their income. Technically, we would do this with an asset-based plan, uh, or we could do this with an asset-based plan funded over time. But as a general rule, you're going to get more long-term care insurance on a traditional plan for the same dollar. What you're giving up is you're giving up that return of premium. You're giving up that death benefit if you don't use the plan. So that's the trade-off. But unlike asset-based plans, asset-based plans, you have the return of premium if you don't use them. You don't get that on traditional, but with the traditional, you do get the state partnership plan. That's the key. You get that extra benefit of the state partnership plan. So the odds are, remember, for a married couple, we're looking at 92% chance that you will use long-term care insurance. So when I'm looking at somebody that's going to have to stretch out payments over time, and we're looking at, there's a couple of asset-based plans that will allow you to pay to age 95 or age 100. So you can stretch that, you know, that'd be 30 years for Adam and Linda. When we look at those options and we compare it to a traditional, you're going to get more insurance on the traditional and you're also going to get the state partnership plan. So that is really what we ended up doing for them. And so that's what we did. So what we did is we took and we designed a long-term care plan for Linda and Adam. We gave them each $150,000. So think of this as that's their bucket of money. Each of them have $150,000 in their bucket of money. They can each pull out up to $6,000 a month. So that's their benefit today. So if we look at that plan, we say, well, that's about two years of coverage each, 2.1, right? Because you're, you're saying $72,000 a year is what they can pull out. And they each have that same amount of coverage. We put an inflation rider on it. So that benefit's going to grow by 3% a year. So if we go out 20 years, so when they're in their 80s now, They're going to each have $270,000 or a total of $540,000 of long-term care insurance. And their monthly benefit will have gone from $10,000 a month up to, I'm sorry, from $6,000 a month up to $10,000 a month. So this is just a standard traditional plan. We start out at $6,000. We have a 3% compound inflation rider on it, which grows the amount that we can take out of that. And it grows the total benefit amount. Now, a couple things that I put on this, number one, joint waiver of premium, which means when one person goes on claim, the premium is going to be waived for both people. Number two, this is very important. This is called a shared care rider. What that means is if one of them go on claim, let's just throw Adam under the bus. So if Adam goes on claim and he uses his two years of long-term care insurance, he has the option now to jump in and use Linda's long-term care insurance if they want to, or he doesn't have to. Linda can hang on to her long-term care insurance. It's a shared care policy, but Adam could then apply for the state partnership program through, or for Medicaid through the state partnership program. And if you think about this, 20 years down the road, 
he could protect $270,000 of assets and still get help from Medicaid. Linda could keep the house, the car, all those things. It was essentially protect all of their retirement account. And so we have a lot of flexibility. Now, the other thing I like about this shared care policy, if they live a nice long life and then Adam passes away first, Linda would then have four years of long-term care coverage. So it allows us to dip into each other's policy that is called shared care. It's a rider that you can put on some of the policies. And when we're designing small policies like this, what we're really looking at is we have a total of four years coverage. One person could use four years. They could each use two years. It doesn't matter. There's some flexibility in there because we don't know who's going to need it first or what the magnitude of their long-term care situation is. So it gives us some flexibility. So very nice plan. Another nice feature about this plan is it's got a cash benefit plan, which is worth 25%. So that means, you know, right out of the gate, they're going to get $1,500 a month. So they say, hey, let's say they got in an accident and they just needed some physical therapy for, you know, a year, but they didn't need the full 6000 a month. They could just take $1,500 a month cash out of that plan. The rest of the money would stay in their bucket for them to use. And it's got, you know, the concierge level care service. So this company assigns somebody to you and your family and will help guide you, help you get the help that you need. So just a very nice plan. It's a simple plan. Their premium for the two of them, they will pay $6,494 a year. That's an annual premium that pays for both of them. And again, remember when one person goes on claim, that premium stops for both of them. But if we just follow out the numbers on this, we're looking at 20 years down the road, they've got $550,000 of tax-free long-term care insurance, which is state partnership qualified, which means they can protect at that point $550,000 of other assets, even if they end up on Medicaid. Hopefully they don't, but it's just an extra layer of insurance, a little bit of what we call a safety net. So I'm going to take a quick break here, come up for mayor, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about who should look into these state partnership programs and give you a little bit more background on the program itself. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Hey, it's Mandy Connell, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their upcoming free long-term care planning live webinar this morning at 9. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, just like they're doing for my husband and me right now. I love how much time they've spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Sign up now for the free live webinar this morning at 9. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. 
And welcome back. And again, you heard the ads. Um, if you're listening on KOA uh, out of Denver or uh, Freedom, we are in the morning early on Saturday. We're going to kick off a webinar this morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And that's going to be Saturday the 12th if you're listening to this live. So you can still have uh, time to sign up for that. Just go to our website at 525longtermcare.com. Click attend an event. You're going to get a link. All you do is you click on that link and you open it up and you're going to be able to set through the webinar. It's live and you can even send your questions in to us. That's easy squeezy. And then for the rest of you that are listening, our next class is going to be Thursday, next Thursday. That's the 17th. That's going to kick off at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time. So again, that's on our website at 525longtermcare.com. I'll tell you, I am just hacking through this uh, show today. I, I apologize. I uh, just um, sinuses are just lit up today. So I'm doing this in the morning. I'm going to get off of the show and maybe go sit down and drink some coffee and see if I can get everything back in line. But um, anyway, let's talk a little bit more about the the state partnership program. What I want you to understand on that is it's not um, it, it's it's not something that you you have to pay extra for per se, but what it is, is you have to have some kind of inflation rider on your program. So we had a 3% inflation rider on Adam and Linda's policy that qualifies them for the state partnership program. They could have done it in, in depending on which state you're in, it could be down as low as one or 2% or it could be 3%. It could be 3% compound. It just depends on what state you work at. Each state set their own kind of guidelines on what you have to have for that. But why would we use a state partnership program? The number one thing where we look at is for people with smaller estates. So Adam and Linda are a classic example. Without long-term care insurance, they have pension and Social Security. Those are never going to run out. But remember, to get help from Medicaid, they would have to spend their assets down, and then they would have to turn their income over. And so... Even if Adam died and then it was just Linda, Linda would be vulnerable because she would have to spend all of her assets down. There would be a lien on the house and she would have to turn over her pension, Social Security, and then Medicaid would dictate where she gets care. So by having a partnership program, what we were really looking at is for people with smaller estates. And what I mean by that is smaller amounts of liquid savings. So they may have a house, but maybe you have you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in your retirement account versus two million we would really want to look at putting a plan in place to at least protect that $200,000 retirement account because that way it gives you access to that money in a long-term care situation, even on Medicaid. You're not broke. You still have some choices and some freedom. And so we always look at that. So people that have guaranteed income, pensions, Social Security, smaller savings, smaller nest eggs, the state partnership works really, really well. And if we look back at this, you know, um, a lot of people, how do we determine how much coverage we get? So if we go back to the very beginning of the show, Melissa's mom bought a plan that was going to last three years. Well, part of the decision, I understand the advisor probably told her three years was average and that was a good plan. Well, it was a good plan. It was better than nothing. Melissa didn't know whether she was going to, her her mom didn't know if she was going to need any long-term care at all or two years or five years or 10 years. So what happens for people that are trying to get long-term care insurance, a lot of it boils down to budget. How much am I willing to give up today to get benefit in the future? That's just what we do in everything in life. How much am I willing to give up to, to, to drive a car? That's, you know, that's why do I drive a used car or do I, I give up a ton of money and go out and buy a $100,000 car? So long-term care insurance kind of works the same way. The problem what you have to understand is that a good percentage of people, you know, about 20% of people that file long-term care insurance exhaust their policies. And if you exhaust your policy, there is no way to extend that insurance or get more insurance coming in. And I have had multiple calls. We get a couple of calls every year from somebody in a similar situation where, okay, now their insurance is active. Oh my gosh, they see how important this is. They see what it's doing. They see how it's working. They need more of it and it's too late. So for me and for a lot of our, our number one selling um, program out there by far is an asset-based plan with lifetime benefits. The problem is you have to be willing to give up a lot more money today to get that lifetime benefits. But if you have it, you've got a true catastrophic policy where you will never, ever run out of long-term care insurance. It's a, it's a pension. Lifetime benefits used to be standard, 
but they're not anymore. There's only two companies out there. We have a traditional company and we have an asset-based company that offers lifetime benefits. So if you can afford those, absolutely. That's like insuring your home. We insure it to burn down. Even though most house fires are smaller, it's like I think $40,000 is the average damage for a structure fire, but we still insure for the house to burn down. You can do the same thing with long-term care insurance. It's just that it's going to cost you more to get a lifetime benefit than it is to get two years of coverage or three years of coverage. But again, for like Melissa, I'm glad she had that policy. Her mom had that policy. It certainly made a difference. So again, um, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week with another show. Sign up for one of our webinars at 525longtermcare.com, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Hey, it's Mandy Connell, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their upcoming free long-term care planning live webinar this morning at 9. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, just like they're doing for my husband and me right now. I love how much time they've spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Sign up now for the free live webinar this morning at 9. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.